Greetings, groovers. Seekers of sophistication and lovers of literature. How you doing? I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm out and about. In fact, I couldn't really be any further from the centre of London. I'm in Abu Dhabi. Are we officially, what are we, West Wales? Uh, West, West Wales, yeah, bottom yeah. of the Snowdonia National Park. Bottom of the Snowdonia National Park, which is lovely. Aberdeen, which is a beautiful little um, fishing village, would it be, ex-fishing village? It was, yes, mm. and they're shipbuilders as well. Shipbuilders, and it's a lovely harbour. I've actually, as a confession, I've been coming to Aberdeen since I was a small boy. Oh, yes, I and if you sort of go the high street, well, the high street, the seafronts uh, of Abu Dhabi and walk kind of um, half to the middle and a little bit up the back, you'll come across a, a little treasure chest. And it's called Artworks. Artworks Abu Dhabi, which is an art gallery and a shop. And uh, I was on my holiday, and just before we popped into the pub, me and the missus, we thought, well, this looks like a lovely little shop. So I came in, and uh, it's, it's a treasure trove. Um, of uh, gorgeous uh, things um, and it's also an interesting story as well because Catherine who's just been prompting me here <laughs> let me just pull up a little chair because we're actually in the shop at the moment and you're doing all your kind of um, end of day stuff isn't it a, I feel I'm, I'm sort of in the hidden confines now I'm, I've gone behind the scenes I can see your computer screen um, so you're just doing your end of day stuff now is uh, sort of the tidying up Yep, just, get, just getting ready to go home, but, you know, you've interrupted me there. Yeah, yeah. but it's a fantastic story. So you're, it's Catherine, um, Catherine Coldham is your kind of writing name. But I was absolutely, and I was looking at, you've got, just tell us the point of this shop. I must, let me just prime you. The story of this is that actually you were born in the Midlands, then you went to London, and then you had a really good professional job in London. I mean, you decided to kind of follow the dream, do the thing. And I know a lot of writers listening to this are going to be going, oh, I'd love to do this. And you kind of sold up and you moved and bought a little cottage in the Welsh wilderness. So that's that's the kind of that's what we'd love to talk about that. But and just tell a us a very romantic version of the of the story. I always yes. turn up a dramatic volume, me, whenever possible, you know. I'm actually staying in a free caravan that someone's given us for blessed for a week. That's how, that's how glamorous it gets when you write in full time as you as you'll know. So just tell us about this the, well in fact no we, I suppose we should start there really, shouldn't we? Because this is a fantastic shop. You represent local artists uh, and you write yourself. Um so it was such a massive story and I just literally bought these books written by by local writers, I bought three of them, I think, for all of them. Uh, and, and you're one of them. And we just got chatting, and it's just a lovely story. So you're originally from the Midlands then? That's right. So, I mean, I've always enjoyed the writing side of things. Um, but back in the, the 80s when I was growing up and going to school, it was very much get a sensible job, get a degree, do something proper. Mm. And so the writing wasn't really encouraged. So I did. Uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yes. So I did the boring management degree, did the accountancy qualification, did the HR master's degree, did the whole career in blue chip companies. Boring as hell. And in between that, I was writing a little bit and, and thinking, oh, there's a bit of a short story here. Am I going to ever do it? But, you know, you concentrate on the career and then the family and, and everything. So really nothing happened properly with writing until um, we decided to move um, literally back to Wales and I say back because my husband grew up here and his family were here so very sadly his dad became ill and died and his mum wasn't coping well so we said okay rather than waiting until we've paid off the mortgage and we're going to retire let's do it sooner rather than later so we moved back here looked after his mum for eight years and and settled into this different different way of life. I mean, it's quite a brave thing to do, isn't it, to give up the city life to do that. Would you say, without being too personal, because we're going to talk about the art and we're going to talk about the writing, but would you say the, the kind of the motivation was the fact that looking after your husband's mum, was that the kind of the main driver? That, that was the thing that changed the timing. 
because we had always said to each other the whole city life the rat race you know earning lots of money was a means to an end that we would eventually retire back to wales which this is his you know his love he grew up here and he absolutely adores it so the passion was always there the idea was always there it was the circumstances that just brought it earlier which you know apart from losing his dad which was very sad it was a good thing that we did do it earlier because life has been much better as a result it is it is i quite like the fact that you've experienced the hustle and bustle of busy london because it can be to people who haven't actually lived in london i mean we're a london radio station but for outside we've got a lot of people listening around the world to this uh, it's a capital city isn't it and there is a kind of a, i mean i love it i love london yeah. it's a glorious thing but coming here is an, is another just a completely uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's exact opposite isn't it really Absolutely. I mean, we we said this ourselves when when we lived in London and we would talk to his parents on the phone. There would be things that they would say that just felt alien. You know, it's like, what? Why? Why are they doing that? Why aren't they doing this? And when we moved here, very quickly we slipped into that. Ah, it all makes sense now. You know, yeah. this is this is the way you know that we want to be. But I, I do love London, and we we do get back there from time to time. And and there's there's still that big thrill of the theatres and the the shops and and you know just the bustle as you say but it's lovely to retreat back here and yeah, it's shut, quite, yeah. <laughs> shut the doors and go ha we're home I'm almost I love the fact that where we're staying I mean, it's literally just caravans someone has yes. given us a caravan for a week which is very kind of, otherwise we probably wouldn't have had a holiday and there's a, a single train it's the Cambrian Railway I think it's called there's a single train track and you have to you have to kind of uh, hail the train you down you have to flag it down which at is, some stations yes it doesn't is, always stop <laughs> yeah, which is just remarkable and of course and actually on the front of the train that came in it said Birmingham International which uh, is yes. kind of even more incongruous that it goes to it goes from this tiny little it's like a tin hut and you wave the train down and it then goes to Birmingham. It's kind of, uh, and Birmingham, actually, I know Birmingham quite well because being from there originally, so you've still got that, that close. And of course, well, I guess the famous, arguably one of the most famous literary sons of, of, uh, of Wales is Dylan Thomas, who yep. used to love London for the drinking and the clubbing, but only really, I think, probably only could really write in Wales. Mm. It's, it's a, a huge inspiration, and um, particularly this area because it's so beautiful, which is why we have so many artists here which brings us neatly on to yeah. the purpose of the shop. But mm. it does seem to draw creative types to this area um, and inspire them to, to create some amazing things. I must just thank you for the red wine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew this is going well. Cheers. Part of the service. <laughs> you haven't got one. No, I, I actually gave up drinking um, two years ago. Oh, well done. Well done. I know a friend of mine who's doing that. He's got, actually, he's got, you know, people say, oh, they're boring now, they're giving up drinking. He's black. I won't mention his name because he's actually far more entertaining. Now he stopped drinking. Anyway, so, so you came back here, and then was it the commercial sort of beasts in you that, that from, the, from the city of London that thought, ha ha, let's do something more than just sit in our, in our cottage? Because your husband's an artist as well. He is an he? artist, and it was actually that was the, the draw to do it. was... What can he do? Because effectively, we retired. You know, you sell a house in London yeah. in 2007 when the house prices were sky high, and you buy something in Wales that, you know, where the property market is at the totally opposite end of the spectrum. You, know, you can live a life here where you literally don't have to do much mm. in the way of work, um, providing you don't want your skiing holidays every year, you know, which is <laughs> not my thing. So it, it wasn't really a sort of financial, commercial drive. It was like, I want to get away from all of that and get back to, you know, the art, the growing vegetables, the sort of, you know, breathing in the fresh air and going walks over the mountains. The, the good life. As, Absolutely, as yes. We were, we were called Tom and Barbara from, yeah. from time to time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, um, so 
Nick got back to his his artwork and joined a local art society. I got involved because it's fun to do things like that. You know, I always end up as treasurer of committees because I can <laughs> yeah. add up. You know? So, um, you know, we got involved in that. We met a few other art people, got involved in another society, and it just sort of escalated from that until seven years ago. Um, he was in a, a local professional group, and they were all going, oh, do you know, it would be lovely to be able to have an exhibition in Abu Dhabi because everyone who's rich comes to Abu Dhabi. And, um, and I just made it happen you know i found a, an empty shop i said can i rent it for a few months the the shop owner was like yeah sure you know happy to get the income got nine artists together bits of furniture borrowed from wherever we could get it covered them over with black cloth had a bum bag for our cash and a piece of paper to write down all the sales and for three months we had a pop-up exhibition and it was so popular and so successful everyone went let's do it again let's do it again so we found this place, the site we're in now, it was derelict, um, about to be knocked down, bought it at a knockdown price, got some builders in, spent 18 months getting it all fitted up as a proper gallery and um, gathered together artists uh, as we went. Um, so since we started now, we've been in this site uh, just over four years and i've looked after 80 artists wow that's I quite just impressive signed my 83rd this morning i signed her up oh fantastic <laughs> so as a, as a sort of a business model it, it means effectively the artist come and you take a commission on anything they sell is that how it works or you as rent a, out a space as a business model uh, it completely sucks if you're trying to make any money <laughs> so um i run it as a non-profit making organization so i make nothing from the gallery whatsoever it's just because i love doing it and i have a passion for it we make our money from anything that Nick sells in terms of his art. So each of the artists pay a small rent to have a space and that rent covers the cost of having the building open. So uh, the electricity, the water rates, the, the, the phone line. Then anything that we sell, we take a 12% commission and that covers the cost of running the credit card machines because they're quite expensive and all the masses of bubble wrap and packaging that we need for you know, packaging. That's an impressive bubble wrap machine. It's, it's, it's actually, pretty, yeah. pretty awesome, though, isn't it? <laughs> I was coming to that later. Yeah. <laughs> it's monstrous. Yeah. So it just basically it runs at cost. So all the money from the sales goes back to the artists. Um, what a great idea! And it's, it's and so it does. It, it wipes its face, as they say in the theatre. So you manage to you sort of tick along. It's not yes. about the profit, but at least it makes enough money to keep going, which is very it's important. Sustainable, isn't it, of course. Yeah, yeah, sustainable as a business, yeah. providing we continually have a supply of people who want to show their work here. And the fact that I've got a waiting list for for spaces shows that it, we are ticking the boxes for the artists. And, and you our do passion also, is is to, you know, support artists at whatever stage they are in their art career and their art journey. So I've got my youngest is twenty one, just finished university, is doing digital art. You know, really sort of cutting edge my oldest is 86 who is going blind bless her and she creates tissue paper creations and she's lived in this area pretty much all her life so yeah i was about to say because we've got two two stories here haven't we open to the sort of open to the public and there there is all sorts of stuff you've got ceramics and and jewelry ceramics books uh we've got 38 different people actually showing their work at this very moment in the in the shop there's wood turning um photography uh fine art 
trying to think now of the list now. We've got uh, <laughs> a guy who makes pens out of driftwood. Oh, yes, uh, yes, I remember the driftwood pen. I should be in trouble if they listen to this and they don't. Yeah, you yeah. didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give a link at the end so they can all, they can all be found out. I mean, well, it's a brilliant idea. And does it, are you very sort of seasonal here? Because I'm guessing Abadovi, it's a sort of a, a, sort of a tourist town in, in one is, sense. It is. I'm told that 80% of the houses here are second homes or holiday homes. Mm. So you can imagine in the winter it becomes very uh, quiet. Yeah, we do. We do get the you know the coming up for Christmas uh, type groups, but November, January, February is it, it's a lot quieter. I have had days where I've sat in here and seen nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I know we came a couple of years ago. Actually, we went to the local shop and I said, "What time do you close?" It was November actually. So when, 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 we're coming to holiday. When do you open? November. Uh, sorry, no, it said March. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, oh right, yeah. And you could kind of, I can understand that. Oh, second homes. I was about to get political then, but I won't. Yeah, but, I mean, there, there are um, a lot of shops around here that that do shut up for the winter, and then they'll have on their doors, you know, back open again in in March. Easter is when it starts to pick up. Um, but we feel that. If everybody does that, it will give Abu Dhabi a reputation of being closed and dead and what's the point of going. Whereas if some of us stay open, it will give people a reason to come here. So we, we persevere throughout the winter every no. day. Oh, good for you. And I was about to say, must, the idea of having this kind of, so you're, you're, this gallery, um, an exhibition space, must have an effect on the, on the, the whole kind of art scene around here. Because you're here. Yes. If you see what I mean. If yeah. you weren't here, a lot of artists might go, okay, so what do I do now? Where do I go? Is there someone else? New key, or do we go to Mahunsa? Or, you know, whatever. So, I'm, have you felt that? Yeah, yes. I mean, knowing what it's like for Nick when he was trying to sell his work and get it out there, we, we knew that that was one of the biggest problems artists has is where can I show my work? Where can I let people know what I'm doing? And obviously, we've got the online presence with the website, but with art, people want to come in and see it in reality. So by having a gallery here, it makes it people think, oh, it's worthwhile going to Abu Dhabi to look. Mm -hmm. There's also another art gallery that's been here for 50 years that <laughs> was run by uh, a gentleman and now his daughter is an artist and she, she runs it. It's a great gallery. And we don't see it as, as competition because it's not like people shop for art and they go, mm, there's a picture, mm -hmm. but there's a cheaper one there. It's <laughs> like... I love that picture or I don't love that picture. So we complement each other. And I've just heard there might be another gallery opening as well. So it's starting to become more of a, a destination Brilliant. I mean, for art lovers. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a healthy thing to happen. I, I just think as well about how Tate, Tate uh, St. Ives was, was completely changed. The whole economy was changed when, yes, uh, when the Tate I've just come back from St. Ives because oh, yeah. I've heard yeah. so much about it and I was like, oh, I must go and see what's St. Ives, what's all, what's all the big deal. I was actually quite disappointed by it and hopefully I'm not going to offend anybody by saying it, but it felt very commercial. Mm. And you either go into shops and you see the same artist featuring in all of them um, or you, you go in and it's just, it's very uh, sort of exclusive and highly priced rather than proper local art like we are. So we felt very proud of what we uh, did. No, and I think you should. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I know nothing about, I've been to Barbara Efford's place down in St. Ives. I've been around there, which is like a living museum. But no, I th what I liked about here it, when we came in, it must be a year ago, two years ago now, was that it, it felt very current. Mm. You know, and it was, it was, you could imagine people living and painting and doing stuff here, yes. which I didn't quite get in St. Ives. It, it feels authentic here. Yes, that's the word, yeah. Is, mm. is that, you know, every, every item that's in the shop, somebody nearby to the area has lovingly crafted with their own hands. It's not mass produced in any way. And it's not probably available anywhere else or very many other places. 
Yeah. You won't get it on Amazon. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I'm advertising Amazon now. <laughs> no, it's all right. Relax. <laughs> uh, this is Resident 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. In stereo. I've got to stay flipping marvellous. It's so obvious. Uh, it's literary London. Um, and we're nowhere near London. I'm actually in Abu Dhabi talking to Catherine Coldham. That's her pen name. About a brilliant gallery uh, called Artworks, which is in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Abu Dhabi, if you, um, if you sail in Wales, you'll know Abu Dhabi. Uh, it's a lovely part of the world. There's a beautiful sandy beach as well. I should have to tourist tourist attraction my sister cut her foot on a glass in 1968 here you may have remembered that no anyway it doesn't matter so it's a lovely place um we must talk about we must talk about your work as a writer as well but whereabouts in london were you because this is literally london obviously we are we are sort of heard all around the world but it's as a london station where were you in london uh, we were in richmond <clears throat> oh very nice the posh, the posh part of london yes or surrey as some people yes. like to say <laughs> richmond sorry absolutely <laughs> sorry, <yeah>. yes. <laughs> And are you from? We, but you're not there from originally. You say from Sutton Coldfield in the Midlands. Oh, that's quite so posh. I know well. Birmingham one as well. So yeah, um, you've done the posh places then. Yes. And now yeah. Abu Well, uh, <laughs> I have my standards. Yeah. Well, we're at the road. We're in Chiswick, which is sort of West yeah. London as well, which is quite nice. Down by the river, you see, it's water. Yes. yes. That's what I like. Being from Birmingham, of course, we've got the River Rye. More canals than Venice, though, in Birmingham. True, well done. I'm glad you know that. That's my <laughs> usual thing. More trees than people. <laughs> That's why I'm living in London. Um, so it's, so you decided then you were working, just to recap then, you see you were working in the city or, or you know, you were kind of financing, your husband was, you, you, were doing the, you were doing the thing. The business thing. The, the business, rat race the rat business race. thing, yes. And then ha- about, how long ago was it you decided uh, to? It was 2007 that we yeah. moved, so. And you suddenly thought, right, and we're going to come back to our roots, you know, obviously for sort of fam- family for reasons, reasons, but yeah. you've decided to stay here and you've set up this brilliant art gallery and so the writing where, where did the writing start from because this is one of the reasons I, I came in and actually walked past and saw your book and some of the other uh, local writers books um, uh, and I thought because I hadn't heard of the titles I thought oh that looks fantastic so your your book's called Breaking the Curse and it's fairy tales retold before we talk about that specifically what, what got you writing were your parents particularly literal or was it something that you Not at were all, drawn no. to my, no my dad was a maths teacher um, my mum was an art teacher, so very much an academic kind of, you know, uh, hence the do a proper job, get a degree, yeah. uh-huh. do, you know, do something that's useful. Um, it's it's just always been something that's there that I've enjoyed writing. And when I came to Wales, I started to have the time to think, actually, you know, I'll, I'll scribble a few things down. And I, and I started with short stories because... You know, foolishly, people think short stories are easier than uh, long stories. <laughs> we all I was know about that. to say, I don't that. <laughs> it's not true. Um, but I started with short stories, and I produced another book that I don't sell here because I, d- I did it self-publishing, and I did a run of 120 from the firm. They've all sold out, which is great. Um, which was a book um, called From a Different View, and it was just inspired by little bits of places that I'd been to in this area started from a conversation I had with my, my mother-in-law who was obsessed with this house she saw on the way to Newtown and every time we drove past she'd go somebody should write a story about that house <laughs> and so one day I thought I will sit down and I will do one for her not sure it was quite what she had in mind because it was very spooky ghost death stuff that's the kind of thing that I like <laughs> and she read it and she was like okay <laughs> so I thought that's a starting point let's do a few more similar they're inspired by you know what I can see in the landscape and um, and I really enjoyed it so then I thought let's try a second book of short stories and this time I, I tackled the fairy tales 
Yeah, it's called Breaking the Curse, Fairy Tales Retold. Volume one, so there's more to come. Well, yes, I've written yeah. three from a second volume, but oh, it's well been done. put a bit on hold because I'm actually writing novels now. Oh, right. Oh, we must come to that as well. because Yeah. So, um, so uh, explain how you kind of came across this as an idea. Do you know, it's, it's very difficult to say what it is that made me think, oh, I'm going to write about fairy tales. But, you know, I've, I've got a child that's grown up, done the whole Disney thing, and they're all very sweet, pretty happy ending fairy tales. But for me, because I like the dark stuff, it's the original Grimm's fairy tales that they're really sort of, you know, people are getting their eyes pecked out by birds because they've been a bad person. You know, the real hardcore stuff. And I, I, I liked those because of the moral messages they were giving you know what lessons can people learn from it um but i wanted to get out of the you know goblins and magic and fairies and and the supernatural stuff of it and see if i can then apply it to you know today's modern society and again it started as an idea i did one story um which was based on sleeping beauty so instead of a a princess pricking her finger on a wheel and falling asleep for whatever. It's a young girl who, you know, takes a heroin uh, overdose and is in a coma, yeah. you know, and, and life has kind of come to a standstill around her. So not for a hundred years sleeping, but just everything's come to a standstill because of, uh, of this situation, which, you know, is what happens when parents are sitting beside their child's bedside and it, it was it just felt very dark you know and I'm, it was I'm, I found it very moving actually <laughs> right at the last paragraph yeah, yeah and and it's I mean I was I was reading it earlier because when you threatened you said oh you maybe I'll get you to read a piece I was going to ask you that in a minute yeah and uh, and I started reading and they, they make me cry when I read them now yeah. which is, is awful so. well I, don't, I think that's probably a good thing if it makes you cry I, I was very yeah. moved by the first yeah. one but right at the end Thank the way it suddenly turned I was very moved by that um so that I, was the first one and then it just I was like, hmm, this is a this is a great thing to do. So I then started picking other fairy tales and and doing stories. And and you know I've been lucky that I've had some success with competitions. So one of the stories got picked for the um, the Reese Davis Award in two thousand and fourteen. So that's published in their book. And that that got me thinking that actually maybe I do have some skill as a writer. Um, so then I launched into the into the novels, which is yeah I've, I've written some. I've had interest from publishers and things, but it's it's never come to anything as yet. And I think the trouble is at the moment it's so hard for authors to, you know, to get deals because there are so many people writing. Um, I'm unfortunately targeting the young adult market, which is the most saturated oh, at the moment. Yeah. Also, quite difficult to write for, I imagine. I love it. I love yeah. it because teenagers and and the young they have so much more interest that you can put into their characters uh, because they, they are so flawed in their lack of knowledge and experience and so they will do daft things or crazy things or feel that things are so much more desperate. I read once somewhere that they say the best young adult stories are where the heroes have literally no adults that they can turn to because in a normal situation you know things go wrong you turn to a reliable adult you get it sorted but if you look at all the good ones like you know harry potter and twilight and stuff like that they th their parental support or their adult support is stripped away from them and then it leaves them in this situation where they have to battle it for themselves and it, oh, it's interesting yeah. oh, it's interesting you say because i've got a screenplay that does that actually which warner's are vaguely you know maybe happy about we will see another seven years or it takes to get a film made <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a brilliant idea and um, so what's your writing process i mean because you're, you're you're here 
a fair amount, I imagine, in the shop and the gallery. What's your writing process? Are you, do, do you write longhand? Have you got any particular programmes that you like? On, straight onto the onto Word, onto onto the computer. Um, I can't dictate things verbally. I just I don't get on with that at all. So I have to, I have to sort of type away, and then I'll I'll sort of read it back and adjust it as I go, until I've got a chapter that I'm happy with. Um, and then what I will do is go to my first and foremost point of call, my husband. We'll sit down in the study on our armchairs. Um, he'll have a glass of whiskey or something, and I will read it out loud to him. Because reading something visually as words on a page doesn't look the same as when you hear it out loud or when you even say it out loud to yourself. So it's a great editing process that we use. He'll then give his feedback comments and say, oh, yeah, I I like this, don't like that. Um, I know I've done really well if I make him cry with something. And so I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, I've upset him today. That's a good Woo-hoo! day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then, and then I'll then you know, put that to one side, move on to the next chapter. So when I'm working here, I try to do one chapter a week in the in the few days that I'm here because I only work a couple of days a week. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> very do, hard do you life. work at home as well or mainly here? I prefer working here. Yeah, I find I'm it harder that. to settle into work at home because there's so many other distractions. Mm. So um, I, I tend to use this as my as my little place to, to write. So then when I've completed the entire book of, of however many chapters, we'll then go the editing process again and I'll read the entire book to him from start to finish. Then he'll take it away, he'll read it and then make comments we do a final kind of adjustment and then i think yep okay happy with that and then it goes to other people that i trust to to read it it's a lot of things isn't it the whole thing that uh, writing's all about rewriting it is yes mm. yeah and and just accepting you know other people's views on on what you're doing because you know what you mean when you say something and when it comes out and someone else interprets it wrong you know that that must be there for not you haven't expressed yourself properly um or explained it so um but it's something i've, I've built up because i used to i used to write with a kind of i have no idea where he's going i'll just see what happens and i've learned sort of the hard way if you like that that i need to plan it so now all my books have plans i have character sheets all, all the tools that that yeah. writers say and it and so i know exactly where it's going but that still doesn't mean that at times the characters are in your head and they're saying that they'll say things and it's it's bizarre. This is where people start looking at locking me up and yeah. getting the men in the white coats and stuff like that. But they'll do stuff and they'll say stuff in my head that I haven't expected. And it'll be like, okay, right, okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Well, that's, I guess that's a good thing. It means the characters yeah. are real enough to be able to, to take themselves yeah, over, yeah. as it were. They're mind monkeys, basically. They are my friends. I don't have real friends. I just have imaginary yeah. friends <laughs> in my head. And they're fair, teenagers. Yeah, that's <laughs> a fairly writerly thing to do. I actually, I loved, I loved your introduction as well. The very first thing, this little dedication. Just oh, read that, because that, yes, okay, lovely. yes. I, I dedicated the book for Nick and Adelaide. So Nick's my husband, Adelaide's my daughter. Um, believing in yourself is always easier when someone else believes in you first. Because that's lovely, isn't it? Where did that come from? Was well, that... it's, it's because I never thought that I was any good at doing it. And they have both been so encouraging and supporting and saying, yeah, you can, yes, you can. So they, they've always believed that I can do it. Um, okay, yes, it's a, big, it's a big one, isn't it? I mean, we, we get into, again, the whole thing about arts education and uh, how that's, that's suffering a little bit. And of course, Shakespeare, you know, self-love, my liege, is not so vile as sin as self-neglect. We so it's very impressive. Oh, oh right, a few hundred years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's kind of it's absolutely true. So, what would you say to someone who? Well, two things because of time. Uh, what would you say to someone who's 
one, thinking of starting to write, and two, thinking of, of, of getting out the rat race and finding a, a shed somewhere in the, in the, <laughs> wil in the wilderness. Um, for the starting to write, I would say don't expect to make any money out of this whatsoever. <laughs> but, you know, follow, you know, follow what it is you want to do and do it. Um, in terms of people thinking of getting out of the rat race, um, yes, absolutely. You, you know what's right for you and where you really want to be and what you want to do. It's, a, it's all about compromise. Um, there's never any perfect life out there that is idyllic and everything is just how you want it to be. And so it's always a decision of what are the deal breakers? What are the things that I can't live with or live without? Um, and what is acceptable to compromise on? You know, I don't have big shops around here. I don't have much of, in the way of a theatre around here. But I would rather not have that but have the time that I have. Yeah, of course. And the, so. and to be able to write and the shop. So where can we find out more? What's the best way of finding out more about well, you and the shop? Um, our website is uk. Now, you can get it with the English or the Welsh spelling of Aberdovey. So, you know, um, if you Google artworks in Aberdovey, you'll find it on the list there. Within that website, you've then got access to all of our fantastic artists um, separated into the different categories. There is a page there for the authors, and that's where you'll see myself amongst some of our other great authors that we have here, um, which I'm sure I shall try and get you uh, talking to some of those as well in the yeah, future yeah well okay, absolutely no it's lovely well so and the book's called breaking the curse fairy tales retold yeah. oh Catherine, thank you so much it's available again you can get that from the abadovi artworks yes, it's only available from here it's not available anywhere else so you can't even oh, get it on amazon exclusive it's absolutely exclusive and all our books here are all signed by the authors as well yeah so that was a nice touch as well oh well, well done that's fantastic fantastic place abadovi come along and, and thank you for your time you're very welcome thank and very the red wine <laughs> I'm Nick Hennigan, this is Residence 104.4 FM, I'll see you next week.